Hello and welcome to our viewers on CruxInvestor.com and also to our listeners on CruxCast, a podcast series. And for those of you new to Crux Investor, please click the button in the corner of the screen and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're here today with Vincent Algeis, the CEO of Australian Vanadium. We're going to be talking through or get an update from him as to what he's been doing since we last spoke. If you want to check out the various topics we discuss in the conversation today, look in the description below and click on the relevant timestamp. Hello Vincent, how are you? I'm going well, how are you? Not too bad. We spoke recently. We did, it feels like this yesterday. But you were 12,000 miles away. I was. And now I'm here. Now you're here. What are you doing here? Um, I decided to come over to London to uh, meet up with, uh, make some introductory meetings to some funds with a right. corporate advisory company we're working with out of Singapore. Right. So yeah, just getting to meet people, uh, following up from our one-to-one meetings. Okay, and interesting. And, and the purpose of that being what? Uh, twofold, really. One, to uh, to open ourselves up to a new group of investors, uh, mm-hmm. primarily an institutional base, uh, PE and family office base, mm-hmm. but also to um, to investigate coming here uh, with a potential listing, uh, probably which now looks like around March next year if it goes ahead in that time frame. Okay. We should come back to that another, another yeah. time, perhaps. Okay. For people who are new to your story, why don't you give us that two-minute summary and we'll pick up with some questions. Right. Australian Vanadium is a company that's been listed for over 10 years. Uh, our main focus is our project south of Mikatera, which is in the central part of Western Australia. It's an active mining region mm-hmm. and we're developing a, um, a project that'll be about 5% of global vanadium production um, out of a titanium magnetite deposit, very similar in style and geology to uh, that being mined by Bushveld and by uh, Largo. Fantastic. Okay, so that's a nice summary. So I want to start off and talk about junior miners first of all. So get, give us a rundown of the, the finances with regards to the company in terms of market cap, share price, etc. And then we can. Right. Currently, 1.7 billion shares on issue, which uh, is a lot. The company's been around for 10 years. We we know that that's what it is. We've got 6,700 shareholders, which is also quite a large number for a company of our size. Market cap currently around 29 to 30 million, depending on how it went this week. We had a good week, which is always good uh, in, the, in the first part of the financial new year, if you like, in mm-hmm, Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, sitting with about four and a half in cash, uh, working our way through and deep in, in, in the process of doing a pilot study as part of a feasibility. That's right, and you mentioned that you're working towards the DFS as well. Yes, that, 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 that is definitely part of the, part of the, part of the DFS work. Right. is to do that part of it. And we'll spe- I'll spend a bit of time in, put- in saying why that's important to be doing that in that particular way. Okay, so you've got four and a half million left. That last takes you through to when? Probably take us through to the end of the year on right. the way that we're going. It's, uh, it's, we were a very small team focused yep. both in our consulting team and internally. Um, and they are focused really on getting that work done in the best possible time frame. And are you seeing any pressure from retail investors, institutional investors in terms of managing that GNA? little bit further out or that's what you need to get to and you're going to have to raise at the end of this year no matter what look i think uh, everyone looks at the capital uh, they look at what needs to be done and everyone will know that we have to do something to make sure that we keep keep on our timelines to get to the end there's there's two ways to do this we we sit on our hands and and go slow and we know where that goes and it doesn't get the project done or we or we or get our hands push our sleeves up and get on with the work and that will require us to have the money we need to get it done which is one of the reasons why i'm here as well Right. To okay. make sure we understand the capital markets around what we need to going. Because you forward. used a phrase with me when we spoke, and we did this online, but previously, you said the, the most uh, dilutory uh, compi- form of, of uh, so the, the thing that can affect dilution most is not being able to raise capital. Absolutely. Yeah. As the business. Running out of money is the worst yeah. form of dilution the shareholder can have. Yeah. And, 
right. it's a very relevant thing in a junior resource company knowing what you're spending yeah how you're spending it so being very tight on a budgetary level yeah have a budget which is often a, often a thing quite uh, anathema to some people yeah uh, but knowing what your budget constraints are knowing that you well ahead of time how you're going to be spending that money and where you're going to be going where it's going to be going what and what uh, deliverables it's giving you Right, and so, and so you're going to be raising how much, do you think? Have you got a sense of that yet? Uh, look, I think um, probably... It's a long time between now and Yeah, then. it is, it is a long time. 30-minute market. Yeah, no, absolutely. So Things may go well, they may not. We, we, could, we could finish the work we need to do down to the end of a feed study with, with between 5 and $10 million. Right. So that's, that's an, an additional amount of money that at some point we'll have to put in, 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 the, in the bank. Right. Um, and that's what we're working towards, to right. either saving our cash to get to that point and then putting that in but we need to, some, to deliver some deliverables to add some value along the way. Right, and, and what do your institutional shareholders think of, of this process? They, they have we them? don't have a lot of institutional shareholders. Right. We're one of the reasons I'm here again. Um, okay. We have on our register a couple of people in around two and a half to three percent mark. Um, right. We have people uh, that we may think are institutional shareholders sitting yeah. behind nominee companies in that top five. Yeah. Uh, but there's quite a lot of high net worth money in our company and that's, that's probably come in through my director, Les Ingraham, who's, who's nursed the company through uh, until I joined in 2014, where he was strongly supported by people around him. And he kept the company going, kept the company on its feet, mm. put a lot of his own money in and put a lot of uh, his, his, his uh, high net worth friends money in. So right. that's where we've got to today. But that shift of bringing the project to a new level is, is one of the changes we, we're looking to make in the, in the, in the, in the share register. Right, but I'm going, to come, I'm going to come back to the overhead again because, again, the conversations we're having with a lot of juniors at the moment is there's a lot of disgruntled investors out there. They're looking at the salaries. They're looking at the overheads, the way that money is spent. And it's all public information, yeah. I get, but very few people look at it. But when they do, they're stunned. You're, you know, mining uh, executives are extremely well remunerated. Oh. <laughs> that's very that's very punchy. Right. Um, look, I think um, I think that uh, I certainly can look at what we do, and I don't turn up on the top two hundred list, so I'm okay. okay. Um, but I think junior resource company CEOs, it's, it's mm. quite a pointy thing, and I think I'll have mm. a lot of support out there from them. We're doing something that, that other people are not doing. We Which? we take we're having a crack at something that is almost impossible to do. We we we've trying to a trying to if you're in the discovery zone, you're trying to find something mm. that is unfindable. You're trying to then turn that into a resource. One in a hundred, one in a thousand will make it to that next level. You're trying to turn that resource into a proper feasibility mm. study. So I think we, we, we're out there on the risk margin taking, taking chances. And, and when we pull that off, our shareholders often benefit significantly. Yeah, but you're, you're, you're taking those chances with someone else's money, right? And they expect you to behave a certain way. Not, yeah. not you, not, <laughs> one, a certain way. And, you know, when people are taking not a lot of that risk on their own shoulders, and by that I mean taking big salary, not necessarily aligning themselves with shareholders and taking a smaller salary with more equity and shape of yeah. shares, yeah. It, I can see why that's stuck in the throat. Of no, us. no, of course, I can, I can see that as well. But there's a balance in there for everybody. And I think, mm. I think the best way that I see that in the junior company sector is for they're not to be so pointy at the CEO end. I think a lot of junior companies are CEO yeah. heavy. I agree. Uh, and they would be far better serviced by having a team at the top. I agree. Uh, a technical team where, where those top players are equally remunerated and they all focused on the core objectives of the company. So, for example, in our case. Mm-hmm. So, uh, with Todd, we just put Todd Richardson on our board, uh, not on our board, on our executive team as COO. Mm-hmm. Um, he's come in with a very specific objective of delivering that project and the, and the approvals that go with it mm-hmm. um, at the technical level with, with, his, with his team. 
um, in budget and on time. So mm -hmm. that's that's his role. My role is to make sure that he has the funds to achieve that. So that's my role. But we, we're, we're equals in every other way. Uh, and that's a really important part of that structure. I don't feel that I, if I go out of the office like I am now, that the, that the ship's listing at the back. It's, it's very much under control. Right. And the project's definitely working. But in terms of the weighting, in terms of how you guys remunerate yourselves, are you more incentivized against deliverables, or against share price, against those sorts of things, or is it all front-loaded? No, no, it's, it's, it, the, the, at this stage, Todd's got some shares when he came in. I've got some performance shares given to me on the way in when we delivered some of our resources. Mm. We've now reached a point at the end of the PFS where we have to lock in some new remuneration for us on, mm. the, on the incentive side. But at the same time, you've got that shareholder view that you don't want to do that too early for the wrong reasons either. So yeah. um, we, it's definitely on our cards to do so. Yeah. We haven't locked it in. Uh, and you want to do that with, with the blessing, if you like, of the shareholders as well. And, and in the Australian market and in any market probably as a public company, you do have to go to shareholders with those direct remuneration opportunities. Right. And okay. they have to approve. So, that, so we, we definitely understand that. Um, I don't think that in our company we're, we're over the top. I've definitely seen a lot worse. Mm. Um, I've seen much, much worse. Um, but I think by, my most important thing about that is that the executive team is, has got a load that it can deliver the projects. Um, and, yeah. and that is strategically split across key members. And that, and that we feel, I think we've got a very good um, structure in place in our, in our company. Okay, so like I say, I, generally I always advise people to take a look at this prospectus and actually understand what they're Absolutely. getting into. Absolutely. And if people, yeah. the management team, look like they're keen to get as much money out as possible, no as soon as possible, then you know it's something that you should maybe uh, think about twice. Yeah. But I, I, you, you guys have looked very reasonable. Yeah, public okay. company. Really, yeah. I'd say it's it's a good lesson for anybody mm. from a due diligence point of view. Yeah. We we, we um, that. I do it, you do it, um, investors should read the accounts. They yep. should read them from cover to cover yep. and read the notes. That's, yep. what I was, that's the way I was taught. Uh, yep. Before you make an investment, look at everything and then make form your opinion from there. Don't just do it on, on the back of a tweet or a, or a hot copper post. True. Right, let's get on to the money side of things. Okay, you're over here having a few meetings with some institutions and, and others, and family office as well. And, I mean, and, and, and as well. Yes, and... Uh, and and interviews. And fabulous people like Crux Investor, quite right. Um, so what are you telling them? Because when we spoke last, I was impressed by a lot of what you said. You seem to know what you need to do. That's a big list. Yeah. So I, what I'd like to understand is what do you think the, the you know, your, your three, four, five um, priorities are? And tell me how you're gonna actually deliver those. Because if you're gonna raise money, you need to be clear about that story Absolutely. with people. So, so what, do you, what do you think your focus is? Right, um, so just to take you through a typical, a typical scenario when you're meeting with one of these guys. So mm. um, really pointy meeting. So it either focuses on the, on the market, uh, quite sometimes quite heavily on what the market is like, because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. we've got a commodity here that when you look at the Vanadium price chart, it's not a pretty thing to behold. It's, it's very spiky. Um, if people don't know the commodity, they want to look at why. They, they, why would you believe that, that the price over the next 10 years will be any different than it is now? So, um, and why would it not behave as radically as it has? So a lot of time understanding what the market behavior is and what we see the, the forward growth is. And you have to have a view on the forward growth, not only on the price, but also on the market demand before mm. you can even entertain looking at the project at all. So that's, that's part of the conversation. The second part is, okay, 
what have you been doing mm. to get you to this point? How did you, what have, what, what, what have you really achieved mm-hmm. um, in terms of the, of the milestones? What makes you so confident that so this is going to go ahead? So we've, we've, what we've, are they? Well, we've started, we've started, a, um, I joined four years ago. We've taken the company through drilling it out, pushing the resource up to 90 million tons in terms of our target horizon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Getting that through a, D, uh, a PFS, which yeah. allowed us to declare that maiden reserve of 18 million tons, which gives us an opportunity yeah. to, um, which looks like a, a first past mine life of 18 years. Yeah. Uh, if you take that from the total remaining inferred resource, that gives you another two times that life, if you like, another mm-hmm. 30 odd years of life after that, which really is something that people want to see. Is it a long life project? Yes. Does it have the grade? Yes. Then we talk about the technical side. Mm-hmm. What is the material that we found the scrape vanadium deposit? It's special in grade. It's special in thickness. Those are the things they want to hear. Okay, is it is it what is it like? Who's done the same thing? So then we can talk about. Um, well, is it economic? I guess. Is yeah, it where you right. want to yeah, get to. Exactly. So we've the, the PFS indicated that at the price ranges we gave, which we did give a few. Mm. It's economic. Is it is it fantastic at today's price, which everyone will look at and go, well, it's it can be a lot better. Mm. Um, what are we What are we going to do to stay in business when we're in business? And then last thing, where are we going to get the capital? So, all great questions. Yep. So let's answer a few of them. Okay, so um, those are the questions that I get. Yep. And I'm sitting about partially answering them along the way. Um, the, the project itself, from a, from a metric point of view, mm. is very comparable to uh, the Ligo and Bushville project in terms of the geology. So we know we've got okay. tonnages, we've got grades, mm-hmm. uh, concentrate grades we've developed from our, from our test work and we'll be confirming in our pilot work are in line with uh, delivering a, a high quality concentrate. Not the best concentrate in the world, not a mm-hmm. 3% or a 2% like yeah. Nashville has, but certainly in the at, at that 1.4 level comfortably for the life of the mm-hmm. project. So that's a very important uh, cornerstone, if you like, of our delivery. Right. The, the very important under vanadium sense is that the silica grade needs to be in a very, very tight space, very, very low, and that, that has implications for operating costs. So you need to keep it down. We're very comfortable with what we've done so far, and we've continued to deliver for more work. And again, the pilot study will confirm that we can get good value. So you're looking at what are you looking at? Four fifty? Was it four fifty or four fifteen? Four fifteen. Right, and you need to get that down to. What would ideally... We want. We want it anywhere. Look anywhere south of four bucks. I think you're good. Is interesting. Okay. That's right. Because okay. you're looking. If you think that it's to say you're looking at an operating margin of of four dollars on on a price that's eight sixty or eight dollars for even if you say in a worst scenario for a long period yeah, of time. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's. The key thing in operation for us, we want to show in our study work that our operating cost uh, can be comfortably and safely at below $4 or at $4 and below, so right. around that zone. Okay. Um, and we've, we've shown it in our PFS and we'll continue to show that in the work we're doing in the DFS. That is our goal because without that, we, 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 we've done it not an option for people going forward. Mm-hmm. So we, and we know we are. Okay, so, so confer- and we're confirming it. The work we're doing now in the pilot study, which I'll I'll, I'll get into. Yeah. But the pilot study is about confirming everything and de-risking everything around the process route to give people a comfort that that, that whether it's a bank or a small investor or institution, that the work is being done well, is being done properly, and it reflects the fee that'll go into the mine. And presumably some kind of strategic partner so the institutions for sure on the money money side but that's not necessarily going to come from banks or institutions no are you having conversations with strategics yes right so so now you get to the point of the capital side so the operating cost is part of the study work yeah driving that to the right level but the key thing is then we've got a capital number that has scared some people 
um, to be honest. Yeah. And, and people look and go, oh, it's a big number. Now, you look at uh, big projects around the world and it's not a big number compared to other projects. Right. But people still look at it and go, how are you going to get that money? You've got a 40 million, 30, 40 million dollar market cap. You need to raise, somewhere along the line, you need to raise this, this 350 million dollar room. Now, what we can do, what we are doing in the DFS is looking at all the options we've got to reduce that capital. So by taking things, or not taking them away, but actually injuring them out, that they don't have to be there. Right. That's the first thing. Okay. And, and that'll allow us to a, optimize the capital that we need to get from a strategic investor. That will also help us with de-risking the project as well, significantly. So I mean, that, that's not a new model. It's no. been done, but no. tried and tested, done before. Um, it's a question of who you partner with, what they think, of the asset that, that you've right. got. You, you, you're doing some work with the pilot plant, I can understand why they would find that particularly interesting because it gives them a better sense of well, definitely the economics and how hard this is gonna be, right? Um, so with those conversations, do you then sort of step back, let them come in at a project level and take over? Are you incubating this? Or do you think that actually, no, I, I wanna bring this into production, They'll, I'll just take the money? No, so you asked earlier, just to back to one of your questions about yeah. the, the key partners, who are we talking yeah. to? So um, we've, we've got a target space that is um, across, um, that's both incoming and outgoing, if you like, mm -hmm. in terms of targeting. Um, people who are in the vanadium space, um, either as converters or as uh, producers, mm -hmm. uh, across the world, and we'll include China in that, in that mix. Mm. Uh, we obviously got one MOU in place already. Um, they're, a, they're a converter, mm -hmm. so a converter being someone who either makes ferro from vanadium or who makes VCN yep. from vanadium. Mm -hmm. So those are, those are the converter space. They're a very interesting market because they have got money, but they don't have feed. Then you've got the smaller steel mills in China who are probably more likely to be ones that are going to be looking at it. And then you've got... Uh, but those conversations haven't started yeah. yet. Yeah, no, well, they, they, they know where to go. They're conversations that we have ongoing conversations under CA mainly. Okay. Um, those are not at the MOU level, they're at the data review level. So right. we, have, we have an active data room. We've said so those people maybe being talking to you. Lots of people, you're one of them. If they like what they see, they may take it's it more, up. It's more pointy, it's more pointy than that. It's one-on-one okay. it's -on -one MOU review of, 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 of data. Okay. Uh, we have a data room that's very active. We have mm. a full financial model, which is at close to a banking level, but not it's a banking It's interesting to me. It, it's a, I, what I think is interesting is that a 30 million market cap company has got this full data room available because it knows now is the t now is the time to be having those conversations, um, which means that your market cap is it going to have the chance to grow or how does it grow? Where's the value come from with a small company like this, where someone's going to come in and take a sizable piece of the action? Well, if someone comes in and takes a, a portion of the project, say the project, let's just say hypothetically a corporate comes in and goes, yep. okay, they like this. Um, for whatever reason they decide and they yeah. want they want to make us a, a, a proposal for a project level earning mm -hmm. that earning mount and their ability to go through will will be at the, will be at the project level not at the shareholder level and that'll reflect the value that we've put in the company we 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 would say in our in our presentations in our in our model that this is what we think the project's worth right by them coming in validates that pro whole project for us but that's what I'm trying to get at yeah. I'm trying to understand your your strategy your model if someone's you've got an asset you've got one asset right someone's going to come in with cash a strategic it's not coming in at uh, the, the um, Australian vanadium 
PLC uh, or limited uh, stage, they are coming in on the project level. So it doesn't affect your share price, but it doesn't also leave much room for growth, equity growth there, unless you go and do something with either the cash you may receive for their portion, if there is any, you don't have any other assets. How do you continue the growth component to your story? Well, you asked earlier to follow up on your other questions. Yeah. Is do we want to stay there and do that? Yeah. So our team is 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 ideally equipped to actually build this thing. Okay. So the value creation really sits in the team sticking around and making. So that would be the type of conversation that's, you want to have. That's the conversation. Right. You're okay. saying, listen, guys, you want to come in and do this, mm-hmm. but we know that if you cannot find, you will not be able to find a bit of an alien team with experience than you find here, both from a consulting point of view and an internal team mm-hmm. point of view. We know what to do here. And we know you know what you know what to do here, so we're going to go and do that. So you come in, and we'll help you do it. Uh, at some point, that goes past them wanting to do it, but we're then part of the team. Okay. So it's it's adding value on our side right. along the way while they help us do it. Okay. So that strategic investor will will soften the blow, if you like, of that of that mm. funding requirement, and it allow the companies to grow the valuation. We just have to look at the valuations of of Lago and Bushfeld today, you know, a billion dollars and half a billion pounds. They, that's where you can head to. So if those valuations are even partially reflected in the in the share price of it you, with those partners in play. I don't think that, you know, you, you, you've got to do peer analysis at this level. It's nice to say we're like Bushfeld, but oh, you are where you are, right? You want to be like Bushfeld. Yeah, and you want to be fair. like Bushfeld, yeah. right? But we've got to talk about where you are today. And what I'm trying to get out of you is how do you move from 30 million market cap to 100 million to 300 million. You know, what, what are those steps that you're going to take apart from the Vanadium price going through? Yeah, no, no, of course. I'm not relying on that because yeah. uh, that's not a thing you, you can or should rely on. You've got to yeah. believe that the demand is there yeah. so that when you're in production, you can sell it into so, the market. So give me those steps then. So we're, we're right at the point where um, uh, our, our workflow really is cut out for us over the next six months. You know what you're doing, okay. So each of the, and those workflow items are about value convincing um, uh, everyone around us that we have each of those milestones ticked off and are moving towards production. So they so, are one, get the DFS complete. Absolutely. Get a strategic on board. Right. Okay, with the prerequisite cash to yes. do so. Get, then what? Get our, get our environmental approvals in order okay. and on the table and done. Right. Right. Decide on, decide on um, how the, the actual final layout of that plant looks and then start to work on who our vendors are and how we're going to deliver right. it. So get down to the dirty part of the engineering as soon as possible. Yeah. But the environmental approval for us is always going to be a critical path okay. item. So as much work we do on the technical side, de-risking technically is very key for us. Mm-hmm. Our pilot study is a central part of our work. It precedes the DFS um, engineering component and the mm-hmm. feed study component. Mm-hmm. And it's something we're doing now. We're doing it in a quite an aggressive, big way. Um, just to touch on that point, that will be the thing that defines what the circuit looks like and what the engineering will be, how much it's going to cost us to build that. So we have to do it properly and do it well. So that is a body of work. But the environmental approval running alongside that is a time critical yep. issue. Uh, you would might have seen we put out an announcement last week. We uh, signed an MOU with uh, our neighbours Westgold. Yep. They're, they're a pretty big fish in our area in terms of gold production. Um, they're sitting with a lot of water in their pits. Us being able to access their water for our for our mining operation for the long long duration, mm-hmm. um, significantly de-risks our water supply, and also uh, it significantly de-risks our environmental approval process because 
we're not uh, risking any access to a deep aquifer and all the Australian mm. uh, issues around um, these stygofauna, troglofauna issues. Right. We're trying to avoid that because that is a red flag to them. And if we don't have to go there, it's great. So things, things, active things like the MOU with, with Westgold yeah. is a really positive step for us. Mm-hmm. And we, we have to put those milestones on the table um, aggressively. But the pilots and the DFS right. that follow it are really Got the it. most important. Those are where the value add comes in because we can do those two things I mentioned earlier. We can lock in plus or minus 15% of the operating cost that right. we expect. Good. And we can lock in our best best shot at the, at the capital reduction. What can we make that? Because those are the two things that are going to make Got us it. the That's money. That's what I wanted to hear. So in a year's time, Looking back, you'll have done all of those things. What else will you have done? By the end of next year, mm. we'll have moved through the, through the DFS and, and uh, started what's called a feed study, a front engineering design. Yeah. That starts to count how many rivets and pop rivets and pipes and everything that you need to have in the, in the project. That's really an important part because it finalizes down to plus or minus. And, and, and getting mm. people involved on the, um, uh, on the engineering EPCM side. Right, so 18 months plus a little bit you're in production. That's right. Okay, so that's quite exciting. People sort of know where they are. Let's see what happens in the Vanadium market between now and then. Something you mentioned last time, which might smooth out the spikiness of Vanadium as it currently is, I know you hope it doesn't remain spiky, um, was the Vanadium redox flow batteries. Yes. As a market. We know, yeah. that we know about the, re, the, the steel, rebar, etc. but this is this battery market, everyone's excited about it, but it's a nascent industry. It's early days. You're all learning. Give us an update about what you're doing. So right, I think so you mentioned a few things to me last time, but what's happened since? Why, why am I here? Uh, I'm, in, I'm in London, but I'm on my way to, to France, to mm-hmm. the International Flow Battery Forum. Right. That's a collection of flow battery scientists and companies yeah. that are involved in that space. Obviously, because of the development of flow, of vanadium flow, vanadium flow dominates. These are large, long, life storage of energy, which is different from lithium, which is a shorter life yes, so battery, okay? They're a large-scale uh, energy, st- uh, stationary energy storage battery, not yep. for the EV market, Yeah. but they're ideal for true load shifting. And, and where they come into their own is when we're applying lots of renewables to a grid, yep. we need to really learn on a global level how we're going to shift our energy that we capture from right. our renewables and use it at other times of the day. So. Right. Flow battery's sweet spot is around four hours to eight hours. Mm-hmm. So that's a difference from the high punchy energy that we get out but of But these things begin because the electrolytes kind of liquid. Um, it, they can build, they're thinking they can build these things larger and larger yeah, and larger. Yeah, they, they're infinitely scalable. scalable and reusable. Yes. Which is, which is uh, very, very interesting. And they so, use a lot of vanadium. Yeah, so vanadium companies, you should, if you're watching this, should also consider them as a battery company going forward. But early days, you're all, all learning. So what's happening at this conference in France? So the Flow Battery Forum has been running for about nine years, I believe. Um, right. And but, so, traditionally, but why, why is it only now that people are sort of taking well, well, notice of this? I think if you look back to the history of lithium ion, you would have found that they had probably a few years of conferences before right. they took off. So right. um, a group of electrochemical engineers mainly, um, right. lots of PhD theses and, pro- and, and, and pr- proposals from yep. um, but almost all of it centered around the benefit, around vanadium, because vanadium is the sure. core of the flow sure. industry. So um, all of us, um, we go, we get together, but Vanatec, which is a body that uh, ourselves, mm-hmm. Bushveld, Ligo, uh, belong to, uh, and we have an active promotion 
effort within Vanatec that is centered around the development of the flow battery market. We call it the, um, the Vanadium Energy Storage, or sorry, the subcommittee. Right. Uh, it's a subcommittee on energy applications of Vanadium. And who are you promoting this to? And we promote this to the, to the flow battery companies. Right. Uh, pr okay. Principally, because they're the ones who will be buying our vanadium right. to put in their batteries, or they'll require vanadium for their batteries to run. So they're, our, they're if you like, our key future customer. They, they are, and that works a couple of different ways. Okay, that, so again, vanadium companies, you should also think of them as battery companies. Some are gonna be fully or vertically integrated, some are not. Depends on capital constraints, I guess, and skill sets in, in house. I know we've had a conversation with one of the larger players, and they're, they're going to be vertically integrated, they hope. The reality is for small companies like you, surely that's too early to be thinking about, but I know you're spending a lot of time learning about, but, but where, do you, where do you hope that goes? I, I think as a collective, we need to create a market, yeah. So right. that's why as a group, we've decided to use the, the Vanatec marketing platform mm. to promote Mm -hmm. uh, the use of Canadian flow batteries mm -hmm. globally. We do it. We do it via aggressive uh, work on Twitter, on social media, yep. by telling people what these batteries are, how they work, where they go, what mm -hmm. they do, and how much vanadium they use. So, um, but with the flow battery companies, yep. they need to be educated about us as potential producers. Mm -hmm. What do we need to? We need to talk to each other and say, well, what do I need to do today uh, that I can produce a product that you can use in your battery. Um, if your battery is different from your friend's battery, mm -hmm. what is the difference in the recipe that I have to give you versus giving him? And, and do you want to come to me with a long-term agreement to buy vanadium from me? Yeah. That, that validates my, my new market and also lets me, you said too early, it is not too early to do that in the sense that if I do it today, it validates my reason for incorporating right. it in my design, right. incorporating it in my planning incorporating my offtake agreements that I'm trying to get used. Which you hope you'll get some value attributed Absol to. Absolutely. And, and, we, and we've seen that that's worked. Uh, one of our best um, early moves in the space was mm. when uh, Gildermeister Energy Storage Now, mm. uh, Cellcube, uh, out of Austria, we signed a, a, a sales deal with them where we were their agent in, in Australia. That mm. got us a massive, we probably got four or five million dollars on our market cap just for doing that a few years ago. And, and that so there's there's a lot of value attributed to that. I saw an article about Bushfield the other day, and there was a value attribute put on the value of Bushfield Energy mm. inside uh, Bushfield's market cap. So that's a very interesting uh, concept that there is actually a value of this energy component in what we do. Yeah. But we need we as we as vanadium companies mm. need to create a market here, and we need to know exactly what that market is. Right. If it's real. Uh, if it's real and what the requirements are of the products we need to produce for it. Specification, for example. So they'll need a 99.4 or a 99.6 with none of this, and mm -hmm. none of that. Um, minor element chemistries are really important. So yep. we have to do some work on that. We can't just we can't just take it out of our plan mm -hmm. and there it is. It's, it's something you have to plan for. Yep. But it's really important because if you have a market like this, it's worth one or two additional mines at our minimum projection mm. of new production. Okay. And that's really, again, gives us a, a differentiation between steel and another market, which at the moment, the Vanadium market, spiky as it is, is driven by the steel market. We need to diversify away from that. I get it. And so if that's the market as a whole, you're going to follow the crowd, so we'll see what happens, make your mind up some future point. Um, could you, for me, because I think I, I've been maybe describing your company, and I, I shouldn't be, 
How are you describing your company? You know, you've got a big asset, potentially, what do you say, 5% of the world's vanadium supply, yeah. potentially, right? Depending on what happens between now and then. Um, how, how are you positioning yourselves? World-class potential operator, <laughs> you're somewhere in the middle. If we do you're, you know, where, where, <laughs> How are you? How do you view yourself in the marketplace? That all these people that you're, you know. Well, some of those words, as you know, because you've heard them all before, I hear it. In sure, voice, that, be honest. they've been used be very often, right? So I think you've got to look at being able to show what the, is the asset different from other assets. So um, in this case, I do believe it has unique characteristics. It's not totally unique, but it is it is a valid asset yep. to take down this price. The only way for me to validate that the best way is to compare it to. To operating peers, mm-hmm. that's those are the peers that I look at. Look at their metrics. Can I match their metrics? Right. And the only the only way I can do this is match that in my study work. Okay. And I believe I can do that. Okay. So that's that's for me how I validate that exists. Are we are we good enough? Basically, are we good enough to be in production? And the answer to that, in my view, is yes. And I'm projecting that. Right. Uh, because I can I can uh, lift the skirt if you like and go. It's there. Have a look. It so, so you've got the scale. I'm, Got the grades. You're you're okay, but you're not. You know, you're not. Let's say two, three percent, as you said earlier. So that you, you've got to work on the economics in other ways. You talked about innovating and pelletization, etc. Last time to me, um, which I'm which I'm a buyer of. Um, so tell me the second question I want to ask is, you know, so if that's how you want to characterize your company, how do you characterize your ability to your investors to deliver this? In the next six months and the next eighteen months. Yeah, so I've got to I've got to go on my skill set. Yeah, and my skill set is being able to sit here and talk to you, and and, and get some sort of message across. Mm. Uh, being able to work and build a team around the right people to get the job done. So, mm. um, my my own experience being resource based and having a corporate history of some sort enables me to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all about building a team that is able to deliver. Mm. And at any stage, I do believe we've already got the core of that team in place with right. with the Vanadium experience, which is a standout. So where that goes, who's in the team, as long as the right people are on the bus, it's great. You've got to have the right people in the bu- on the bus to get the job done. Mm-hmm. Um, the the We mentioned uh, the leadership of a company of this size is really needs to be focused on people doing the job they need to do mm-hmm. and being empowered to do so at the right level. So we think we've got a good structure in place. Da- Daniel Harris which we've talked about before. Daniel's got over 40 years of experience in the vanadium space. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, as a corporate guy, he's been in a lot of corporate situations. So mm-hmm. he's able to give us the guidance as a mentor, mm-hmm. as, as well as a director, that we structure ourselves properly and that the right people are doing the right things at the right time. Is me being in London this week the right thing? Yes, it is, because I'm, I'm advancing the cause of funding. Um, is Todd doing the right thing, being back working on the pilot study? Absolutely, he's advancing the project. Those are the right things to be doing. So it's about it is a totally team structure thing, and I have a I have a view that trying to keep ego out of the structure of a junior company is absolutely essential. And the easiest way to remove ego from the project problem mm-hmm. is to share the load at the top. Yeah. And if you do that, you've got less likely of, of having a myopic answer or an egotistical answer, which the all body will always beat you on. It will. It will. Thank you very much for that update. I really enjoyed that. 
Thank you very much for watching our video. We do aim to give you informed and intelligent information with which to make your investment decisions. So if you liked what you just saw, please give us a thumbs up. And if you want to see more insightful, in-depth, honest and unbiased interviews, then please click the subscribe button. So thanks again for watching and we look forward to seeing you again soon.